on that disjointed absolute failure of a start. Bonjour, hello, and happy Monday, everybody, or Sunday, if you're listening live on the Locker Room app. Thank you so much for joining us for Pick Up the Blitz episode 23. Very excited to be with all of you on this Monday morning or Sunday. Uh, Speaking of Sunday, quick preamble here. We want to thank the Locker Room app for providing us with a live platform on which to host our show. So this is the first time we've ever done this. Locker Room is basically a platform that allows fans and insiders the opportunity to connect and break down discussions about their favorite sports live. Simply download the app, join a live room, and you're off and running. It's really sort of like sitting on the couch talking sports with your friends. It's pretty awesome. So what we're planning on doing is hosting our show on this platform for the next little while, um, which is not only allowing you all to listen live, but it gives us the opportunity to interact with you all during the show um, with written questions in the app's chat feature and also by joining the conversation live, literally voice to voice. We'll be posting on Twitter before we go live to record, and our show should be on the app's homepage schedule most weeks as well. So you'll be able to find us there just by scrolling through the many awesome available shows on the Locker Room app already. But don't worry, all the episodes of Pick Up the Blitz, including Finn's Fanfare Friday, will still be available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere else you choose to listen to the show. Today is a test run. App is still in beta um, we'll be in the app store in the next few weeks. So please cut us some slack and most importantly, cut the locker room app some slack. It's obviously a super cool, super brilliant idea. So we're really just simply excited to be a part of it. So with that out of the way, let's get into our weekly football news. We're going to talk Yannick and going from Jacksonville to Minnesota, obviously big, especially considering we touched on this a little bit last week. We're going to talk about Bears head coach Matt Nagy's not announcing the Bears starting quarterback until the season opener. So are we talking Trubisky or Foles for week one of the NFL season? We're also going to talk about the Jets running back situation. Perhaps Le'Veon Bell is not going to be the workhorse running back. There's reports coming out that Frank Gore may take up to 40% of first team reps for the Jets. So what does that mean for Bell, for Gore, for the Jets as a team, for Adam Gase's impending head coaching doom? We're then going to get into our trivia time. Now, as you all know, this is my favorite part of the podcast. The score has actually changed a little bit in the last couple of weeks. Nick is now up by a score of 15 to 13, but segments are tied at seven apiece. And then we'll, of course, get to our wild card question of the day. But before we get there, let's talk Yannick Ngakwe now. Before we get to that, I have breaking news. Straight off the beginning of the show from Ian Rappaport. Breaking news here. Miami Dolphins running back Kalen Balage, who was traded to the New York Jets just last week, which we broke down in depth on Finn's Fanfare Friday, has failed his physical. He now reverts back to Miami. That trade is canceled, and the Miami Dolphins will likely release Kalen Balage per Ian Rapport of NFL. Are you kidding? I am. Are you? I, I wish is- I was. I that is the I most was. insane. For, so for all of you who have never listened to us before, especially those who are exploring the locker room app, Justin does not like Kalen Balazs. He does not like Kalen Balazs on the Dolphins. And he was very excited a couple of days ago when Kalen Balazs was gone. And Justin, I got to ask, how do you feel I now that he's back? I can't, I can't escape Kalen Balazs. I just – I can't. His <laughs> 1.8 yards per carry will not – Leave me alone. Like a haunting, uh, haunting it's, memory to it fear. Feels, it feels like, honestly, that's really, truly what it feels like. I'm sure it's people who are not either fans of the Dolphins or Jets that doesn't feel like super big breaking news. But to us from South Florida, it is a big deal. So, Trevor, thank you for letting me break that news. I now will turn the show back over to you. No worries at all. So moving a few hundred miles north of Hard Rock Stadium, 
um, to Jacksonville, of course, where Yannick Ngakwe was traded um, from the Jags to the Vikings. Now, the Vikings traded a 2021 second-round pick and a conditional fifth-round pick in 2022. Now, we broke this down last week, talking about how Ngakwe was obviously very unhappy in Jacksonville, which was sort of a theme we've seen from players, uh, the likes of Jalen Ramsey, for example, not being super happy in Jacksonville, um, both because the team hasn't been very good and, and potentially for other reasons as well. So, guys, let's talk about what we think this does for both Jags and the Vikings. Obviously, it was sort of a foregone conclusion that he was leaving the Jaguars, so we discussed that a little bit last week. So let's start with the Vikings. What do we think this does um, for the Vikings team going forward next year? Nick, want to start? Oh, uh, so listen, I think, I think it's huge for them. Um, you know, adding a, a, a top-tier pass rusher like that. Uh, you know, as we talked about last week, I think Yannick Ngakwe is very solid, very solid pass rusher. Um, you know, in his career, he's got 37 and a half sacks. That's a, over the course of a, a four-year career. Uh, and, and a team that, you know, needed a little pass rush help. You know, the, the Vikings are one of those teams that could easily uh, win the NFC North. And, um, you know, and as long as they can continue to put pressure on some of the other quarterbacks in that division, specifically Aaron Rodgers. And I think Yannick Ngakwe is going to um, – I think he's going to thrive in that Mike Zimmer uh, – system over there i think i think this is a slam dunk trade especially for the price they paid for him because i don't i get a 37 and a half sack player over the course of his four-year career very young uh, obviously there's the the issue of whether or not he will sign an extension with them which obviously if he doesn't sign then this obviously sucks but hopefully you know it, they wouldn't have done it if there wasn't some inclination that he would have signed with them um, with the vikings um I think it's a great move for them. The second round pick, maybe at max, uh, at max a, a fifth round, or I'm sorry, it could be a max of a, a third round pick for a pass rusher who is still has a lot of really good football left in him and is just trending upward. I think it's a slam dunk for the Vikings. Aaron Rodgers needs to, he's, he's going to have a rough time when he plays the Vikings twice a year. Yeah, this move really does seem like a slam dunk for the Vikings for several reasons. First and foremost, it seems like Yannick Ngakwe is very excited not only to leave Jacksonville, but be in Minnesota. He took a pay cut to move to Minnesota. His franchise tag was supposed to pay him upwards of $17 million, and he said, you know what, Jacksonville, you rescind that tag as you trade me to Minnesota. I'll work out a deal with Minnesota. And he worked out a deal of about $13 million for this year to go to the Vikings. So this is clearly an indication that he's happy to be going to Minnesota and that they'll likely be able to work out some sort of long-term deal going forward. And that means that Minnesota now has what is probably a top five pass rush duo for a long time going forward in Daniel Hunter and Yannick Ngakwe off the edge. Yeah. And this Vikings defense, man, it is scary. Now, you now have a duo of two tremendous players at every level of the defense. You have Ngakwe and Hunter on the edge. You have Eric Kendricks and Anthony Barr at linebacker. And you have Harrison Smith and Anthony Harris, two top-tier safeties in the defensive backfield. So if I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan right now, I am thrilled with this trade. If I am a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, this is only more of a confirmation. The Jaguars are essentially tanking the season, uh, pretty much trying to do what the Dolphins did last year in developing as many picks as possible to hopefully get your quarterback in the future later, providing that Gardner Minshew does not become that guy. Um, and that the, you know, the Jaguars are really in full rebuild mode at this point. This seems like a home run move. For Minnesota, I, uh, I'm very excited to see what the Vikings defense is able to do in a very competitive division. 
Yeah, they, they went they went from a top five defense last year to to getting rid of Everson Griffin, right? Who, who was aging. Was, who was aging and replacing him with a with with the a younger, significantly younger exactly. You basically you did what every team wants to do. They took a veteran and they replaced him with a guy who is equally as good but has much more football left in him. It's it's a it's it's a no brainer. This defense is going to be a top five defense this year, without a doubt. So in that vein, and we talked about this a few months ago when we were doing sort of our hot takes for division leaders and division rankings, do we think that this cements the Vikings atop the NFC North this year? Obviously not this one move per se, but as we look holistically at the team just a couple weeks away from week one kickoff, do we think this puts the Vikings atop the AFC, AFC, NFC North? I would say, I would say it can't solidify them yet. Um, and, and the real, the reason why is because Aaron Rodgers is still playing football for the Packers. I think that, you know, Rodgers is one of those guys that when he's healthy, you just can't count him out. Um, that being said, I think that this, if the Packers defense is also a lot better than people give it credit for, right? We've, you know, in the last decade of Aaron Rodgers career, we look at that Packers defense and we say, oh yeah, that, that, that defense is terrible, but they've really done a good job at investing in some pieces on that defense. Uh, their defense is going to be good too. And the biggest, it's not the defense. It's a question mark for the Vikings. It's really, it, I would say it's more the offense. You know, you get rid of Stefan Diggs, top receiver in the league. Um, you know, you bring in a couple guys in the draft. You still got Dalvin Cook, but Kirk Cousins is kind of one of those quarterbacks that you, he's good, but can he, can he win you a division and beat out Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. So I can't say that it firmly supplants him. Uh, Justin, are you okay? You're having like a lot of emotions on the Zoom. I know, he looks so sad. I am. I am good. There's, there's, some, there's something a little crackling in my ear. And I'm, I think it's, okay, I think it's the more I speak, the sadder you look. And I mean, I don't think I'm that off on my gone. take. Do I you? I think it's gone. No, you're on on your take. Although okay. I do slightly, I do slightly disagree. I think the Vikings, I think the Vikings as a complete team are at the top of the NFC North. I am not ready to say quite yet that the Vikings will win the NFC North, just because of what you said, Aaron Rodgers. But I think in terms of talent around the roster, I take the Vikings over the Packers at pretty much every single position on defense. I take, I take the Vikings over the Packers at pretty much every position, maybe save for cornerback or outside corner. And on offense, I'm taking Dalvin Cook over Aaron Jones. The wide receiver situation in Minnesota, I think, is more complete than it is in Green Bay. Devontae Adams is obviously a more uh, talented number one than Adam Thielen. But in general, I think the Vikings have a far more complete roster than Green Bay. Now, Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is one of the best quarterbacks to ever play the game. And because of that, in terms of Super Bowl run, I would take Packers over Vikings. But in terms of more complete roster, I'm going Minnesota. So let's stay in the NFC North. Let's talk about the Bears. Now, Matt Nagy has announced, or the Bears have announced, that the quarterback competition between Nick Foles and Mitchell Trubisky will not sort of conclude until the season opener against the Lions. Now, we see this obviously a lot across the league in terms of open quarterback competition, even down in South Florida, we see, you know, discussion of talking about Tua and Fitzpatrick and not really making a decision right off the bat. So obviously there hasn't been a whole lot of media and press coverage given the world we're living in right now in terms of what we're seeing in training camp from those two guys. But there's, there's certainly been, there's certainly been, <laughs> someone speaking, someone's speaking um, his head. I, in. I, 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 yeah, <laughs> I'm uh I'm visiting home right now, and Dad is joining the podcast. Oh no, he's he's making an exit. And he's gone. He he would just wanted to 
You want it to be on the YouTube. Oh, he's back. So, Dad, Bears quarterback competition, Mr. Trubisky or Nick Foles? Nick Foles from Lawrence <laughs> Hire on the Pick Up the Blitz podcast. You heard it here first. So what do we think? So obviously, I mean, to me, this not only speaks to, I mean, relative gamesmanship from the Bears, but also maybe some genuine uncertainty regarding who they want to go with. Do we like Foles or Trubisky in this role for the Bears moving forward? I think we've talked about this before. Um, <laughs> Just you know, a few times. This, yeah, this is, this is definitely – it's almost as reoccurring as our, our weekly Cam Newton discussion. Cam Newton watch. Um, yeah, watch. Sorry. Um, you know, I, I just think Trubisky's had his chance. Trubisky has had his chance, and it's, it hasn't gone well. Nick Foles, I think, has, is in the right system when healthy. He's proven that he can play some pretty good football. Um, I just – I see no reason why Trubisky would start the season. Unless something crazy is happening in camp, and by all accounts it doesn't seem like that's the case, I see no reason why they would go with Trubisky over Foles. I think Trubisky will ride the bench this year, and I think he'll be somewhere else next season. Yeah, in terms of raw talent, Mitch Trubisky is unquestionably a higher-ceiling player. But God, are you, right but that, that, but- God are you right in that he's had his chance? I mean, like, honestly, if, if Mitch Trubisky were going to work out, in my opinion, it would have happened already. I mean, the Bears, for Agreed. a couple of years, have been a pretty darn complete team. Excellent talent on defense, right? And some pretty good skill position players. In Tariq Cohen, Trevor's having a, a, a whole issue going on over at his desk. In Tariq Cohen, in Allen Robinson, right? The, he has his weapons around him. They've had some solid, um, some solid production in the ground game while he's been there as well. And listen, the fact that a decision has not yet been made I think leans towards Nick Foles winning this job because they invested Agreed. a first round pick in Mitch Trubisky. And so if Mitch Trubisky was tearing it up in practice, they'd be more than happy to give him the shot. Yes, they traded for Nick Foles. Yes, they have his contract, but they invested a first round pick, a top three pick in Mitch Trubisky. And if he was working out, they would give him the spot. So I think this is, honestly, I, I do think it hurts the Bears as, as a whole, as a team, because I think it helps as a team when you're able to so, you know, teams able to get around a quarterback and... So that, that leads me to my immediate question. Why, why do teams... I mean, obviously, when we talk about certain competitions that seem to be very much up in the air, this kind of, this kind of makes sense in terms of not necessarily saying who you want to go with right off the bat. But in a situation in which it becomes pretty clear, as we've talked about over the last bunch of months, that Foles is probably the guy given that Trubisky just really hasn't worked out and full certainly has seen some success in the NFL. Why do you think the bears are choosing to go this route and sort of pit these guys against each other, at least publicly? What do we think the advantage is there? If any, well, you throw off, you throw off opposing teams, right? But that's like the only, only until week one, right? It's only the lions. Exactly. Exactly. It tells me one of two things. One, they're trying to play it close to their chest so they can surprise their week one opponent. And then literally no one else for the rest of the year (laughs) or, or they, or he doesn't know. They don't know. Right. Exactly. There might be potential that Matt Nagy just doesn't know yet. And Um, I don't think that's, I don't think that's necessarily true, but it could, it could mean that. I think given the advantage you get in being able to, to prepare as a team when you know, when the whole team knows who the guy, when you have public confidence in a quarterback, I think it just shows the fact that he doesn't really know because neither guy has been any good in camp. I think that's what it, I think that's what it's coming down to. Yeah. We've heard no rumors of like, holy crap, Mitch Trubisky, Nick Foles, they're tearing it up in camp. This is such a competition. This is crazy. You know, whoever they have, it's going to be a good, it's going to be a good year. We've heard pretty much nothing, and that leads me to believe that neither guy's been any good. 
and that Matt Nagy's like, well, this sucks. I guess I'll figure it out as we go along and we'll just, we'll see what happens as we get close. Hopefully one of those guys starts to pull away a little bit, but this, this is just sad for the Bears offense in, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. And I think this is just going to slow them down. This is just going to make them so that they're going to waste that really talented defense yeah. with, with an offensive situation that is just poor at best. And it's Better unfortunate because that – Then people give them credit for it, by the way. Yeah, at 100% agree with you. And that, but that defense, that Chicago defense, they, they're, that's a good defense that they're just basically throwing away. We were talking about Minnesota being a top five defense. Uh, the Bears are above them. Right, that that's where we're talking about when it comes to that defense, and and unfortunately, defenses you just you have to be able to match that kind of production on offense pretty quickly if you want that if you want to make a playoff run. It's just it, the Bears are going to be a mess, and and you know I don't think it's a Matt uh, Nagy problem either. I think he's actually a pretty good coach. I mean, he got he got what eleven wins out of Mitch Trubisky a couple years ago. It's just it's just after a while, you know, your players have to start doing their jobs, and and I. I think Trubisky, I, I, they need to move on from Trubisky and they need to hope that Foles can get them at least back to the playoffs this year, although I think that's unlikely. Honestly, my prediction at this point is that the Bears' starting quarterback of the next three or four years is not currently on the roster. It's not on the roster. I, I don't think it's going to be Trubisky, more. and I think Foles is the patchwork guy to push Trubisky in the meantime and then potentially take over until they find their guy for the future. And as unfortunate as that is because they have to move up for Trubisky and then trade picks for Foles and take on his contract, I really don't think that – um, either of their starting quarterbacks right now of the future are on the roster. No, I agree. I think they're going to be potentially looking next year to, to bring in somebody high in the draft. Now I'm not, I'm not going to, I don't think it's fair to speculate, you know, one of those top guys, uh, Justin Fields, Trevor Lawrence type guys, but uh, it wouldn't shock me if they use a pick early in next year's draft to bring in a quarterback, which they deem to be their future starter. Maybe he's somebody who can learn behind Foles because I really, I do not, I think I'd be shocked if Trubisky is on that team next year. They declined his option. He hasn't played well. It, the Trubisky era is coming to its conclusion in Chicago. It's an interesting angle thinking of keeping Foles on later as sort of that mentor role, like the Fitzpatrick, uh, although obviously Foles has seen more success in the NFL than Fitzpatrick has, but to maybe have him on as that mentor to some unforeseen mentee of the future. Let's now transition to another controversy, this time on the running back variety. Um, the New York Jets are... A you know, mess. Being, they're certainly a mess. Um, and one such mess within that larger mess is not really very clear, or not, them not being very clear on who is going to take the majority of snaps at the running back position. Now, reports have come out that Frank Gore, who is about a million years old, will be taking as many as 40% of first-team reps for the Jets. Um, Le'Veon Belden went on some kind of Twitter rant saying he was unhappy in New York. Guys, the Jets, as Justin articulated it so eloquently, are an absolute mess. I think it's all Adam Gase's fault. Not really. But it's obviously just a disaster in New York. This is just sort of one. No, it's all Adam Gase's fault. You, you hit it on the head. <laughs> and now with Kalen Bellage seemingly not actually going to New York, it seems like these are going to be the two sort of guys. So first and foremost, first and foremost, kudos to Frank Gore, who was a Miami Dolphin for some time, for, for being even considered to get 40%. He's like the Vince Carter of the NFL doing an incredible job. So kudos That's a to Frank perfect Gore for that. comparison. That's a perfect comparison. Still performing very well, like throughout the league has played on a thousand teams. But so what do we think guys? Like, do we think that it's going to be Frank Gore taking 40% of the reps? Do we think that this is signaling, signaling Le'Veon Bell's, you know, future exit from New York? What's going on here? 
I, what's going on here? I, there's no answer to that. I have no idea what's going on here. This makes literally zero sense. And this is not a knock against Frank Gore in any way. He's been great for the entirety of his career. It just makes no sense to me when you've got a talent like Le'Veon Bell in your backfield, why you're just trying to find every excuse possible to not use him. I don't, I just don't understand that. He's, he's a good running back. He's, he, he's better at Frank Gore right now, right? I don't know comparisons we about you know in their primes we can make later but right this second Le'Veon Bell is the best running back on that roster especially since Kalen Village was traded back to the Dolphins um it just it just makes no sense to me I, I Frank Gore can definitely 100% be a guy who can help and maybe a change of pace type back but that makes no sense to leave that that's much where he's money, at his best that like much talent on the bench that makes no sense it just shows you that Adam Gase Adam Gase is one of these coaches that is more concerned with playing the guys that he wants to play than playing his talent. And that, and that makes those coaches don't survive. The coaches that are successful are the ones that know how to use the pieces that they're given, right? The Bill Belichick's. Yes, he had Tom Brady. But can you guys name any of the receivers that – remember, Randy Moss never won a Super Bowl with him. Any of the receivers that he won Super Bowls with that weren't one of those all-star tight ends? You're right. It's pretty much Julian Edelman was like right. the, exactly. Dion Branch. Dion Branch is the other one, right? He was yeah. Super Bowl MVP. Dion Branch. You know what he did outside of New England? A whole lot of nothing. Bill Belichick knows how to maximize the potential from his players. Adam Gase says, "Here's all this talent that I want, or here's all this talent you've given me. I want none of it. I'm going to go with Kalen Balage, right? I'm going to go trade for a guy who was cut, right?" So I can make sure that I get him because I don't want to use Le'Veon Bell. Justin that, it, talked it, about this. Justin, you talked about this, I think, last week. Adam K seems to have a fixation with having players, requiring players, and then leveraging players that he's had before, even if they're not necessarily the right pick at the yeah. position. I mean, this is uh, just he, another example of that. He's, a stu- he's as stubborn as stubborn gets. This is a guy who wants to bring in the same coaching staffs that he failed with in other teams, the same players that he failed with in other teams, and use them at his new location. And I just Because he I, wants I, to prove to you that he knows what right. he's doing. Exactly. No, you know how you prove to the NFL that you know what you're doing? You win you some win. football games. And, and when it comes to Le'Veon Bell... It doesn't matter who you Gore, have. When it comes fire. to Le'Veon Bell and Frank Gore, God, I, I feel for anyone who has Le'Veon Bell on the fantasy team right now because it's very clear that Le'Veon Bell and Adam Gase don't get along. And when Adam Gase doesn't get along with a player, that player has a hard time getting on the field, right? And so my first instinct is like, I honestly wouldn't be surprised if Le'Veon Bell is traded, right? You the think he's way. not? You think he doesn't want to play Le'Veon Bell because he doesn't, like they don't get along? Do you think no, that's I, part of it? I, I honestly, I honestly believe that it's a combination of the fact that he thinks that Le'Veon Bell, who fell off a little bit last year after being in the season, can't handle a full 100% workload, 20-plus touches a game, and the fact that they don't get along. I mean, look look what happened in Miami, right? He alienated so many guys that then ended up leaving Jarvis Landry, Jay Ajayi, right? These guys who were producing, and he pushed them out. And I would say the same is going to happen with Le'Veon, but guys, Le'Veon's dead cap figure is like a bajillion million dollars. They can't trade Le'Veon <laughs> Bell. Just, they just can't. And so, honestly, I wouldn't be surprised if there's some sort of rotation there it's going to be Le'Veon Bell. Listen, he's too talented and to getting too much money to not be the, quote, starter or RB1. But the Can other you imagine guys, if Frank Gore is listed as RB1 on the depth the chart? Over Le'Veon Bell. If Frank Gore takes the first snap week one, that'll be one that of would the likely be things I have That would likely be 
That would likely be if you looked at Madden and you looked at the discrepancy in terms of <laughs> low to high between running back one and two, it would probably be the highest discrepancy in history because Rancor has to be yeah. considerably lower in terms 100%. of the overall. It's, it's, and honestly, I, I thought that Le'Veon Bell was going to be part of a three-man rotation up until today. Uh, LaMichael P. Ryan uh, was fourth on draft pick this year. Was having He's a, a good pre- back. Was having He's a, a good back. Strong camp for them. He actually had uh, an ankle injury today. No word yet on the severity. Sounds like a low-grade sprain, but they're having an MRI. So if he comes back, too, this could be a three-man rotation. And honestly, at that point, who knows what's going to happen to Le'Veon Bell. It just – it you know, it, it just – it smells like a trade is a brewing. It smells like he's – that the Jets are going to do whatever yeah. they can to get rid of Le'Veon, especially after that, that Twitter tirade that they had over the weekend, you know, where uh, where that report came out from Rappaport saying that the, uh, Le'Veon was held out for a few days because of a hamstring issue, and then he tweeted, there's nothing wrong with my hamstrings. Like, okay, you know, we all know Adam Gase and his uh, – his, um, his bath salt smelling face are going to be thinking that this is like an insane situation <laughs> and he needs to get him out of there ASAP, right? You get rid of you. Jamal Adams said one thing and then you have to get rid of him. Jarvis Landry just happens to talk a little bit in the locker room. You get rid of him. All right. It's just a matter of time before Le'Veon's not on this team. It wouldn't, it wouldn't shock me if it's before the season two, you know, or, he's, or he's trying to find such a the straw that inevitably breaks the camel's back for Adam Gase. Or has that See, not happened yet? I, I, th- I thought about it for a second. And like, what like, has to there, happen? There's no way they fire him, like, they won't a couple fire weeks now. before the season, mid-COVID, mid all these problems that are happening. They won't fire him now. It's not going to – I really think this is going to be something we continue to hear about, rumors and rumbles, as the season progresses. I think Le'Veon will be on this team, and I think he'll be the RB1. With the discontent in that locker room, I keep hearing about all these things happening in the midst of the season and then as soon as the season's done as soon as whatever the new league year starts and they're able to trade players Le'Veon's going to be on another team. what Jets 100%. upper management have shown is that if Adam Gase brought back Mark Sanchez and placed him above Sam Darnold Cutler, on again. the depth chart they wouldn't get rid of him at least not in the it's unbelievable this is so clearly an example of a coach that had one of the NFL's greatest quarterbacks on his roster in Peyton Manning and was able to sort of, I don't know if you want to call it riding his coattails or maybe oh, they had no, some kind of. No, but that's what it was. I mean, that's what it and was. has just absolutely done absolutely nothing else. And so if it's any indication of Gase's time in New York coming to a very quick or very long, but hopefully very rapid now expiry, uh, this is certainly an example of that. Let's let's get into tribute. Fired up about Adam Gase again. This is That's we got we got to stop talking about the Jets. It just gets me. You know what? Listen, the Raises Jets fans, blood pressure. Sam Darnold, all the players on that team, they deserve a better coach. I can't. Y'all know how I feel about the Jets, but they deserve better than Adam Gase. He is tanking that team in ways they should not be tanking. They're Almost ruining Sam Bryant's Darnold's development. Le'Veon is is you're trying to oust a, a top back in the league just because he just because. You trade a top safety in the league just because like, somebody needs to just punch Adam Gase in the throat and just call it a day. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Maybe that proverbially punch oh. Adam Gase. <laughs> we are yeah, not really. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Let, yeah, on let's roll show. that back. No, I am not, condoning, not violence. condoning violence. But, but maybe, maybe that comes in the form of firing him and moving on and getting somebody in there who can help these players develop. Yes. Yes. And on yes, that note, yeah, we're on, we're on a new format, and I just suggested somebody should punch Adam Gase. Yeah, God, no, we're not. It's, it's a good thing you repeated it in case nobody heard it the first time. So with <laughs> with with less with less let's punchiness, get let's get to everyone's favorite part exactly, which is trivia time. Now, trivia time, as 
you know, our audience grows on locker room, I think is going to be super exciting. What we do with trivia time on the podcast generally, as everybody knows is yeah. So we ask five questions, uh, both Nick and Justin buzz in with their name and only their name. If they buzz in with the other person's name, they lose a point. If they buzz in with their name correctly and get the question wrong, they lose half a point. And of course they gain a point for getting the question right now. All of that, of course, hinges on me having the trivia questions in front of me, which gone. I don't, oh, and no. I don't know where they've gone. But what, what the hope is, is at some point we can leverage locker rooms, you know, pretty intuitive tools and bring people on and sort of see um, getting people involved in the trivia Just and whatever. First, the listeners. Exactly. Ooh, that's a good one. So we're going to focus today on the 2016-2017 NFL season, keeping it pretty current. We're getting specific today. We are. We're going to do five questions across the league. And we are going to start right now. So question number one. Now, one quick proviso here. We're going to have to figure this out with locker room. Nick is quite a bit more delayed than Justin is on the locker room. We're recording on Zoom as well. So there's very little latency with Zoom. So we're going to be, or at least I'm, as the, as the chief adjudicator of the, uh, fin- <laughs> of the trivia time, I'm going to be going on the Zoom audio. So if for some reason Nick sounds like he's before Justin or Justin before Nick on locker room, um, we'll sort of try and figure that out in the edit or I'll leave it to Justin to figure it out. So with that out of the way, let's get to question one. Which quarterback had the most interceptions thrown in the 2016-2017 NFL season? Justin. Blake Bortles. It was not Blake Bortles. I I really thought I was looking at Blake Bortles' stats earlier today. But he is on the list of... Nick. Go ahead, Nick. Eli Manning. Oh, both those guys are on the list and both are incorrect answers. The answer is Philip Rivers. Oh, he was trying to throw the ball to one of his nine children in the, in the stands. That's what was <laughs> happening there. Okay. Question number. We do go to negatives, right? We're at negative. We are. We're at negative one. Okay. Question Oof. number two. In the 2016-2017 season, which quarterback had the most rushing yards? Justin. You said quarterback. I did say quarterback. Justin. Okay. Justin. It's, it's got to be Cam, right? Cam Newton is on the list of answers, Are but it was not me? Cam. It was not Cam. Um, Jump in there, Nick. The water's just fine. Okay. Nick. Yeah. I'm going to go with Russell Wilson. Also on the list, but oh again, not the God. correct answer. It was Tyrod <sighs> Taylor. Oh, man. Okay. That was when he was in Baltimore, that right? That was... No, I think that was his playoff season with Buffalo. No, 2016. He played with Buffalo last year. No, no, no he didn't. No, no, no he no, didn't. No, no, no. no, that was his playoff know. season with Buffalo. Almost 100% sure. Almost 100%. I don't know. Tyrod Taylor. I think Flacco was still playing for Buffalo. Though. Alrighty. Negative one to negative one. Off to a great start. Flacco hasn't okay. played for Baltimore in like a decade. <laughs> wow. What is, what is going on with my... Something's not working. Here we go. Sorry. Question number three. Which receiver led the NFL in receiving touchdowns during the 2016-2017 NFL season? Receiving touchdowns. I think I know yards. That is not the question at hand here. 
wanna you wanna nope sure don't justin mm. take it antonio brown it was yeah, antonio right. brown justin back at zero making a comeback for us making this interesting i think yards too i'm pretty sure i'm pretty sure pretty sure that one that was going to be the next question but we are not going to ask oh was it him too also though (laughs) i I don't have the answer okay okay you have this answer question oh this this is not it's not working here guys any technical i really am unfortunately i'm sorry guys segment give me one moment por favor if you wouldn't mind Oh, I've just completely lost my question. (laughs) Hold on. I have it back. Wait. There we go. Question number four. Who led the NFL in rushing touchdowns during the 2016-2017 NFL season? I'm afraid. Dustin. Justin. Damn Newton. This was not not a quarterback, so... Uh, What? I thought no. you said quarterback again. No, no. Oh, man. Wow. 2016-2017 season. Rushing touchdowns? Correct. That's unfortunate. I think you're not even going to take an answer now. I mean, there are just so many names that are coming to my head, and I don't feel comfortable with any of them. All right. Okay. It was Legarrett. Oh, Wow. Oh, that would not Garrett have been. Blunt. That would not have been in my list of answers, even had I not said Kevin Newton. Okay, so we're going nope. into the final question now at negative one to negative a half. This is one of what a our day. what a day <laughs> segments of trivia time here. We okay. got it. We got to start. We can't stick in one year, otherwise we're screwed. I, right, I got to give you guys. I got to throw it around, question toss it up. Five. Question number five: Which defense had the most sacks during the 2016-2017 NFL season? I'm going to give you guys four possible answers for this one. Thank to make God. It yeah. Okay. Thank we God. have the Denver Broncos, the Arizona Cardinals, the Seattle Seahawks, and the New England Patriots. Justin. Recognized. Denver Broncos. It was not oh. the Denver Broncos. Okay, we're tied right now. We're tied. Nick, you got three answers here. Um, Are you going to take – this would be our first ever tie. This would be our first ever – Trivia time tie. If you did not, can, can you can you read me the choices again? Absolutely not. Great. That's I like that. <laughs> I appreciate that. So you know what? I'll try it. Yeah, Nick. Yeah. Seattle. It was not the Seahawks. Was it it the was Cardinals? the Cardinals. It oh. was. It was. My gentlemen. next answer honestly would have been New England. So. Wow, that was yeah, not my last. My last choice would have been the Cardinals. <laughs> wow. Okay. That was brutal. Yeah. That guy. Can you can you give like a few more there? This is our first time on locker room and we just embarrassed ourselves. Negative one and a half to negative one. To, to everyone listening out there, we usually do better on this. This was bad. Yeah, this is not. This is, this not is like an all-time record bad. This is not our best. Certainly not our best. And now, gentlemen, <laughs> the locker room audience gets to learn a little bit more about the two of you on a personal level taking us away from the football field for a second. We have our wild card question of the day. Now, just for some context for those who are not listening on the traditional podcasting applications, our wild card question is something that I ask Nick and Justin twice a week about various, various things. Everything from their favorite flavor of hand soap to... Different stuff, I'd say. 
to okay. flavor so if you choose to yeah i don't eat my hands to your hand soap to we don't, Halloween we don't costume. that on this show either don't definitely don't eat not not all the time anyway so with that in mind the wild card question of today is as follows if you had to pick a celebrity's facial hairstyle to emulate which would it be? So, as an example, the Tom Selleck mustache would be my facial hairstyle to emulate. Oh, I, I am not, I am not man enough to grow that level of mustache, but that would be what I would emulate if I could. So, gentlemen, I leave it to you. I think I know Justin's answer. I'm not going to say it because have, I'm pretty. I have a couple. That, Justin, that so spring just also for some context, Justin always likes to not do what I ask mm. on the wild card question. <laughs> if I ask for one answer, he'll give two. If I ask for two, he can't think of any. Like it's just it's always a disaster. So we'll start with Nick here. Nick, what are you going to go with here with your very thick and illustrious mane of current facial hair that I can see on our Zoom? Honestly, I would – oh, man. First of all, this is a very complicated question because it makes me have to think about – Facial hair, facial hair, yes. In ways that I haven't thought about facial hair. Probably, honestly, probably like the Ryan Fitzpatrick beard. Wow, the full yep, probably, mane. Yep, probably. The, like, so my first thought was, do you guys watch Game of Thrones? Have you watched Game of Thrones? I have not, although I have been told That's to crazy. a many times. Well, here, here's, here's the, the many time in uh, one. I'm sorry, you said yes? Yes, I have. Trevor? Okay, so you know Torment? I, I do. That was the beard I was originally going to go with. That's but a then, good call. That was, but then, but then I thought about it, and Fitzpatrick's beard is better. Fitzpatrick's beard is better because it's on the face of an NFL football player. When it's an actor, it's a little bit different. It seems a little more contrived. This is a man sure. who is who is actually playing NFL football and donning a beard that right. is, you know, pretty Insane. pretty impeccable. So I I would agree with you there. I would say Fitzpatrick okay. takes it. Justin, let's hear your five answers, please. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go the, the John Krasinski. How many of them are going to be haircuts? No, the, How many of these answers will be haircuts? No, 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 no. The John Krasinski beard, I think, would be would be my go-to beard. His, uh, his, Does he have a beard? It, what? Not, not, in, not in, uh, in Jack Ryan or, like, you know, the, like not in his, his most well-known roles. So something oh, that, that no beard? one's ever seen is the answer look, to this look, question? If you watched, if you watched uh, his, his YouTube show. I thought you were going to go, or what's your second answer? Chris Hemsworth would be the next. Oh my God, that's I thought you were going to go Tony Stark and like the. the no, that's, that, only Robert Downey Jr. can pull that beard off. I do not want that. <laughs> I don't think I could pull that off. It's like, it's a very eccentric looking beard. But both, both Chris Hemsworth and John Krasinski currently in their normal lives have like, very manicured like perfect per, it's part of their perfect beards i can't grow perfect beard like i have my stubble is about as far as i can go until it starts to look you know orange and not right um and you know it's like i'm young nick's than face so nobody can see what nick's face just now but it's scrunched when it's just like an orange beard you, but i'm so we, like i'm 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 20 i'm 20 i'm almost 21 so at this point I'm 21 like, yeah Anyway, those would be those would be the two go-tos. If anyone watches Good Mythical Morning on YouTube, Brett McLaughlin also has a phenomenal beard. So you know who? It, it's a YouTube. <laughs> Just leave it to Brett Justin McLaughlin. to give three answers when one is required of people that nobody really. I had to. That... I had to stick to my to my regular trend. You know, for any. You definitely, uh... you definitely accomplished that. That's for sure. And on that note, I want to thank weird. all 
of our listeners across YouTube, Spotify, and the Lock. Don't make it so easy. It's not my fault. It's been really, really awesome uh, doing this live for the first time. We certainly hope to continue to leverage this app, which I think is a super cool idea. And it's just, uh, it's really cool to be a part of that. So thank you again to Locker Room for allowing us to do just that. And we look forward to seeing you guys on our Finns Fanfare Friday podcast. Thanks, guys. Take care. Cheers. Thank you.